You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Today, many of you just confidently and boldly proclaimed that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. But maybe for some of you that, that confidence didn't exude as you, as you spoke those words or, or didn't speak those words. And, and that was very true for the Marys, the women at the tomb on that first Easter. Uh, we read from Matthew chapter 28 that now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Now, if you read through all of Matthew, you would see that on uh, Matthew chapter 27, that's the, the story of Good Friday, the story where, where Jesus is, is betrayed and arrested and, and beaten and then hung on a cross to die. But as Matthew transitions us into chapter 28, he gives us a couple transition words, right? That, that it's a new day. There's been a passage of time, Friday was back then, now it's it's Sunday. And also, it's the dawn of a new day. Right? We get this glimmer of hope as Matthew transitions us from chapter 27 to chapter 28. But, but notice that, that Mary's, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they didn't, they didn't catch that glimmer of hope. Right? They expected to see the tomb with Jesus inside and nothing more. They, they, they were bringing oil and spices to prepare Jesus for his final resting place because they didn't have enough time to do it on Friday and they couldn't do it on Saturday, on the Sabbath. And so on the dawn, after the Sabbath, on the dawn of the first day of the week, they come looking backwards, looking back at what had already happened, expecting Friday to still be there on Sunday. But as they get there, look at what happens. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Now again, if you had been reading through Matthew, uh, this earthquake would have reminded you of just a few days before, reminded you of Good Friday, where, where Matthew says, Behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook, and the rocks were split. And so, so on Friday... The earth was revolting. The earth was shaking at the death of Jesus. But on Easter, there's even a greater earthquake, a greater presence of God, a greater celebration of the earth. As the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Now the angel, again, he, he comes down, he, he rolls back the stone, not to like let Jesus out the side so that, so that he can, right? Jesus has already risen. He is out of the grave. But by rolling away the stone, he now enables the women to see that new, the, the dawn, the new day, the new has become, the, the old, what was expected, the, the, the body in the grave, the old has gone. The old has passed away and the new has come. The stone has been rolled away. This, this big physical barrier that, that was keeping the, the women from being able to see the empty tomb, this physical barrier is no more as the angel rolls it away. 
But not only does the angel roll away the stone, uh, he also, after we get a brief description of him, right, his appearance was like lightning and his clothing was white as snow, but as his presence is there, there's also fear from those around. The guards uh, trembled and became like dead men. So, so not only does, does the angel roll away this physical barrier, but if you, if you remember why the guards are there, it's because the, the scribes and the chief priests wanted to put guards there because they knew what Jesus had said, that on the third day he would be raised again, and so they wanted to make sure that no one would steal his body away in the night. And so the religious people, the, the, the scribes, the chief priests, they had also put barriers in the way to the women seeing the empty tomb. But the angel takes care of that barrier as well. And so as we gather here today, I want to ask you, you know, what are your barriers? What, what are the barriers in your life that are, that are keeping you from boldly proclaiming that Christ is risen? He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Right, because I, I'm sure as, as many of us are here gathered together today on Easter Sunday, that there are some of you that have barriers. Maybe even completely to the point where you simply don't believe that, that this is actually what happened. And so what are those barriers in your life today? Are they physical barriers? Right? Is it, is it just mind-boggling and not possible that someone who was dead could be also risen from the grave? So is there, there a, a physical barrier there that it just physically is not possible for Jesus to have risen from the grave? Maybe, maybe he didn't actually die in the first place. Or maybe, like the guards were trying to prevent, maybe someone did come away and steal him away in the night. Is, is that your barrier? Or maybe there's been some other physical barriers, maybe in your own self or in those around you. Maybe there's been injuries or maybe even deaths of loved ones that you have prayed, you have asked God for healing, for, for freedom from that physical distress and, and God didn't answer in the way that you were hoping. And in that moment, in that experience, a physical barrier came up. Well, my prayer today is that, that Jesus would physically, through the work of the Holy Spirit today, that he would physically remove that barrier, that he would roll away the stone from your heart, that you would be able to then boldly proclaim that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. But again, there weren't just physical barriers for those at the for, for the Marys and the women at the tomb. There were also those religious barriers. And so maybe you have some religious barriers in your way today. Maybe it's maybe you've seen corruption in the church. Maybe you've seen people who claimed to be holy, righteous people who did awful, awful things. And if you look and you look at the church and go, if that's what that's about, I don't want any part of it. Or maybe you've been in worship or in church before and every time you're there you just feel like it's all about the money. They just keep asking me for more money and more money and more money. Or maybe you've had bad experiences before, maybe with with people in a church, or maybe with a pastor, or maybe it's even with me. And maybe in those moments spiritual barriers, religious barriers have put, uh, have, have come up to block you from being able to see the empty tomb. 
Well, there are any of those religious barriers in your life today, uh, whether it was with me, whether it was with someone else in the church, in this church, in another church, on behalf of myself, on behalf of all of those who claim the name of Christ, who have hurt you, I ask your forgiveness. I ask that you would forgive me, that you would forgive them, and that in doing so, the Holy Spirit would work miraculously in your life and bring reconciliation for those hurts so that you too would be able to boldly proclaim that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Right? And so the, the angel on that first Easter, he removes that physical barrier. He removes that religious barrier. And then he gives the women two commands. The first is this. He says, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. For he has risen as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Right? The angel says that I, I know that you are coming into this place expecting to see the grave, expecting to see a body laid in the tomb, but he is not here, just as he promised. Right? Because even the religious leaders, they heard it, that Jesus promised that he would suffer, that he would be rejected, that he would, that he would die on the cross, and that he would rise on the third day. The promise had come true, right? And so the angel says, you can stop being afraid. You can stop being afraid of, of me, the angel, who's standing in front of you speaking these words. Every time angels come out, uh, almost always the first words out of their mouths are, do not fear. But more than that, the angel says, do not be afraid of those enemies, those who crucified Jesus. You have no need to fear them anymore. You don't need to fear those around you who might persecute you. You don't even need, as you're coming here looking to the past, coming here maybe even spending all of the last day thinking through all the ways that you failed Jesus, the angel says to the women, do not fear. You don't even need to be afraid of your own failures. Do not be afraid. Right, and those, those words aren't simply for the women at the tomb. Those words are for you today as well. You, like the Greek actually emphasizes the word you. Do not be afraid. Right? You don't need to be afraid of your enemies, which as Luther tells us, our enemies today are sin, death, and the devil. You have no need to fear those enemies. Also, you have no need to fear those around you, those who might persecute you, who might slander you, who you just butt heads with. Right? You have no need to fear. But also in those words of do not fear, Jesus is reminding you as we've spent this last Lenten season looking at the, the forgiving challenge, Jesus is reminding you that you don't need to fear your past. You don't need to continue to look to your past because the devil's going to want to bring that up. You don't need to continue to look to your past to see all the ways that you failed. Instead, look to the future. Look to the promises that Jesus has kept, right? Jesus keeps his promises. And one of those promises is that he would rise again from the dead, right? Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. 
Jesus promised that he would suffer, that he would be rejected, that he would die, and that he would rise again. And he kept his promises. But at this point in the story, there's still one more promise left. And we see it as the angel, again, remember the angel said that he uh, said two things to the women. First was that, that Jesus keeps his promises, but also he says to them uh, that, that go quickly, he says to the women, and tell his disciples that Jesus has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. And so the women, they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. But then Jesus said to them, Again, you do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there you will see me. And there it is. That's that final promise. There they will see me. I read it wrong the first time. There they will see me. All right, so for, for, the, for the women leaving the tomb, they got the promise from, from the angel that they would see Jesus again. And already that promise has been kept. Now they're supposed to take this promise. The women are supposed to take this promise to the disciples and, and tell the disciples, there you will see me. And for the disciples, it's in Galilee. And if you read the last 10 verses of Matthew, we see that Jesus meets them on the mount in Galilee. And that's where Jesus gives them what we call today as the Great Commission, where he gathers the disciples and encourages them to go and make more disciples, where he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. But then again, he leaves them with a promise and he leaves us with a promise as well, where he says, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Right? Jesus has kept his promises. For, for, for the disciples, then he kept that promise on that mount in Galilee. But for you and me today, we're still waiting for that promise to be revealed. We're still waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. One promise still remains. But we know that Jesus has kept his promises. Right? Christ is risen. He is, he is risen, risen indeed. Hallelujah. He has kept his promises, but there's still one more promise that is yet to go. And for us, that promise will be, uh, for many of us, that promise will be on the last day. Right? That, that where that final promise will be revealed. Some of us, that'll be before that. But, but, but on that last day, Jesus will raise up all of those who have faith in him to new life, whether, whether dead in Christ or alive in Christ, they'll be raised up to new life. And on that day, on that day when we will be gathered together in the new creation, we will be given new and perfect bodies that will never suffer anymore, will never grow old or, or have pain anymore, will never cry anymore. There will be no more tears and no more pain and no more death. As the final promise yet to be revealed. A promise that awaits you and I and also a promise that awaits all those who are already with Jesus. They have seen him, but they're looking forward to that last day when they'll be raised up to new life, to be given a new and perfect body. And there, on that last day, 
there you and I too will see Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen.